This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. Series that we're starting, Small Things, Big Difference. Small Things, Big Difference. So I want us to think about that idea, and over the next four weeks, we're going to unpack this thought and think about the fact that we can make small changes that can bring major significant differences into our lives. So I want to fill you with faith this morning. I want to encourage you. I want to inspire you. I want to challenge you to get a hold of this idea, small things, big difference. And you know, at the beginning of the year, there's often a sense, isn't there, that maybe this year could be different. I mean, I've had these struggles for the last year, two, three, whatever years, maybe a long, long time. I've had these challenges. But this year, I'm going to get a breakthrough. This year, it's going to be different. But sometimes the, side, the, the, the whole idea of that seems to be so big, we don't know where to start. But I'm going to tell you this morning that if you make a start, God will help you in the progress of that. God sees our, the first steps. He sees the small beginnings. He sees the efforts that we make, and God wants to help and bless and honor that. Small things, big difference. And something about the beginning of a year, you know, people make New Year's resolutions. Anybody still keeping one that they made? Maybe one or two, one or two. Who wouldn't put the hand up no matter what I ask? Okay, thank um, So, th- that small things, big difference. So, you know, New Year's resolution maybe to lose a bit of weight, um, just talking to myself, obviously, not thinking about anybody else, get a bit fitter, um, maybe spend more time with your children, have a better focus on God this year. These are kind of New Year's resolutions that we might have. And, you know, you can, make, you can decide to make those changes anytime, can't you? It doesn't have to be the beginning of the year. But, you know, there's something about the beginning of the year which kind of gives us a focus to get started. If someone wants to say, who's ever heard anybody say the week before Christmas, I'm going to start a, a diet today? It's not going to happen, right? It's not going to happen, and it certainly didn't happen for me. And I'm now suffering the consequences of not having made that decision the week before Christmas. But you just don't. So maybe this could be your opportunity to say, I'm actually going to make some small changes, small things, big difference, that's actually going to make a significant difference in my life in 2015. So I want to encourage you with that. There's something about timing, yes, and we can be think, well, yeah, okay, New Year, I'm going to go for it. But you know, sometimes we look at other people and think, they've got their act together. I mean, they, they, they're just sorted in that particular thing. They, they, they're fit, they get loads of exercise, you know, they, they but sometimes when we look at people, that can be a little bit intimidating. We think, well, I can never be like them. I mean, I'd like to know the Bible. I, I'd like to be a, an expert on the Bible. But I mean, it's such a big deal. It's such a big effort. I'm never going to be there. Well, don't be intimidated by anybody else. Be inspired. Don't be put in condemnation that we're nowhere near as good as the next person because God doesn't put us in that place. So don't let anyone else place you in that place because God wants to encourage us, inspire us to take us forward and see what we can do. So don't be intimidated. But here's a key thought. We're going to put it on the screen. Here's a key thought for this series. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things everyone wants. Small things that no one sees that can result in the big things 
that everybody wants. Here's an example. I would like that perhaps you're thinking, well, I'd like to be a, more of an expert on the Bible. I'd like to know a lot more about the Bible. But it's, I mean, it's a massive book. Have you ever, I mean, have you looked at it? There's 66 books. It's massive. A lot of it I don't understand. How could I ever, without going to Bible college for three, four years, whatever, how could I ever get to know the Bible better? Well, you make a start. And one of the things you, that you might decide to do is, right, in 2015, I'm going to read right through the Bible this year. Now, this actually is a great thing to do. There are a number of people I, I actually know in, in this congregation, this gathering, who do that. Every year, they read through the Bible. Now, they don't start from Genesis through to Revelation, but they just read bits of the Bible right through. And there's a number of reading plans that you can get, and it can take you 15, 20 minutes or so a, a day to read through the Bible in a year. Now you think, 15, 20 minutes, where am I going to find that? I'm a busy, I'm busy, I do this or that, I've got six kids, congratulations, well done. Uh, I've got all these children, um, I have no time, I have no time to read through the Bible, but you know, when we really want to do it, because of what we want to achieve, perhaps we'll find the time to do it. We see somebody who is physically fit and think, oh, you know, I, I'd like to be like that, but probably... An adjustment of diet and a few minutes exercise a day has probably got them to that point. They're not doing that. They're not professional athletes. Small things, big difference. Reading through the Word of God. I want to recommend that. There's, that there are, on the city, where there are reading plans. There's a Lord's online. You can even get them in, on paper, I think. Uh, and uh, so we, we can help you with that if you can't find any. We'll, we'll, we'll help you with that. But maybe think about doing that. Apparently, it takes... 30 days to, to make a habit, and 30 days to break a habit. So by the day after Valentine's Day, when we're in here, on the Sunday the 15th, you might say, well, I've, I've used those 30 days, or whatever it is, something like that, to make this habit. You could read through the Bible this year, and that will make a significant difference in your life. Will you understand it all? Absolutely not but it will help you, it will speak into your life, it will encourage you, it will broaden your horizons, it will be, it's a great thing to do to give yourself to that. Sometimes we look at people, let me just, let's just think about things like this for a moment, let me, let, let, until we kind of get hold of this idea, small things, a big difference. Perhaps one of your aims in 2015 is that your marriage will be better. Well, some would think, I'd like to be married, actually. Well, maybe, that, maybe we can pray for you. We will pray for you, and, and let's see what God wants to do about that. That's not my responsibility. So, um, maybe it's your marriage. And, and we think, well, what can I do? Well, here's one thing you can do as husband and wife. You can pray together. Only a few minutes a day can make a significant difference. For Trish and I, we pray together. Now, we don't pray for hours a day. Sometimes it's, it's a minute. It's not a long time. And you say, well, fine for you. I'm not married. I'm divorced or whatever. I absolutely appreciate that. Try and find a friend who you can pray with perhaps a couple of times a week. But those of us who are married, who are in that relationship, we can take responsibility to say, well, actually, I'm going to invest in my marriage in this particular way this year, and we're going to pray together. 
Just a few minutes. It's not hours and hours, but a few minutes. If you're praying with somebody, you have the same vision and the same focus. If you're praying, you're probably talking, and that's a generally a good sign in a relationship. And so that gives a focus to what we're doing. It can be helpful to pray together. Just think about it. Perhaps that could be something that you could do. Small change to make a big difference. There's a couple of things. You know, chances, it's not, oh, it's not the big things that you think. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. So we can make some changes in 2015 that are going to make a significant difference in our lives and in our relationships. Understand the Word of God. Well, I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to spend some time in the Bible. I'm going to spend some time with my children. I'm going to spend some time with my wife, my husband, whatever that looks like for you. You can actually change things. It's in your power to change things, in your power to do it. So maybe we, we, that's something we can think. So I'm going to um, look into, we're going to get into the Word of God, and I'm going to build a foundation for what we're going to come from in the next, over the next four weeks. And so I'm going to turn you to the book of Zechariah. Last week I preached from Zephaniah. So you might think he's, he's preaching from books beginning with Z. Oh yeah, maybe I will. There's only two books beginning with Z. You knew that. But in the book of Zechariah, just to give you a bit of history, a, a bit of background, because this is important, it's helpful. This was written at a time when God's people had been in exile in Babylon. So they were away from their homeland... The house of God in Jerusalem had been broken down, so they felt we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. The house of God's not there. We can't worship. We can't be where we're supposed to be in that community. They weren't where they were supposed to be. So God spoke to a man called Zerubbabel. That's another Z for you. Um, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Zerubbabel. Running out of Zs now. But God spoke to this man, and he sent him, the, the king of Babylon sent this man, Darius, sent Zerubbabel back to uh, the land of Israel, to Jerusalem, and he, he sent him back with about 42,000 people. So it's quite a, quite a big congregation, but in the sense of a nation, it was a small group of people. So they came back to where they were, where they should have been, where God's people were supposed to be in Jerusalem, and obviously they were addressing the problem with the, with the uh, temple. The temple was broken down, and it was a massive job. Okay, you think, well, 42,000 people, you can build a few things, but it was a huge job for them, and didn't know how they were going to go about it. The circumstances, the environment was hostile, it was difficult for them to do anything, but they set about building the temple, felt that they needed to do that. So, with that background, in Zech Zechariah chapter 4, uh, verse 6. Let's read a few verses, and we'll find out what, what that is. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone, the shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. 
Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the head of Zerah bubble. So there's a context, but he is the big scripture. He's the big one. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So we're thinking, and I'm asking you to consider small changes that can make big difference. Here's what I'm going to say. You're not going to achieve it by your own strength and your own might with your own power, but God says, I'm going to give you the strength and the power to do that. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So here's the thing. God is saying He's investing in you. Heaven armies are on your team. They're behind you. They're supporting you. They're with you. You've got the strength of heaven behind you to achieve what God's told you to do. So here's the wonderful thing. It's not in our own strength. In my own strength, I can make some changes. In my own strength, I can make perhaps incremental changes in different areas of life. But if God said something to you about maybe the challenge to read through His Word, to improve your marriage, to, to, to have more time with your children, whatever that's going to look like to deepen your relationship with God, this is what God says to us this morning. It's not by your power and your strength. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. So the strength is behind us to achieve what God has told us to do. I believe that if God has told us to do something and we cooperate with Him and put Him first, it will definitely come to pass. Because it's not by might, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Heaven's armies are behind that, that statement. Quite a incredible statement, I guess. It makes a big difference if you've got the strength to do something. It makes a, diff a big difference if you have the ability to do something. Now, who, who's uh, ever put together some flat packed furniture? Most of us, those without your hands up, must have bespoke furniture, Chippendale, that kind of thing. Uh, we salute you. But for the rest of us, we probably have, at some time or other, put together some flat pack. And you look at the flat pack, you know, flat pack tables, flat pack wardrobes, flat, flat pack uh, chairs, flat pack children, whatever it might be, we've bought these things from, um, we've bought them from, from Ikea or other stores, obviously, uh, available. And you, you, you then open this thing, and if you're a man, you're, not re you're reluctant to read the instructions. But you maybe read the instructions, and you come to the point, and say, right, okay, and you say, flipping heck, look at all those screws. And you get those little funny sort of uh, uh, little Allen-type key. Uh, Allen can have them back for me. Or you use a screwdriver, and you think, right, okay, I'll set about it. And so in your strength... In your power, you said about, about it. So you think, you know, I'm doing a whole kitchen here. There's hundreds and hundreds of things that need to be screwed together. Then someone introduces you to something that is slightly better than that. It's this. And you think, oh, this is a bit stronger. I can get a bit more leverage with it. But then you understand it's power. But you could have one of these and a load of flat pack, and you could just do that with it, or you could access the power. 
Now, this is kind of a, a, a lame example, perhaps, but I want you to kind of remember that, that every Christian, everyone who loves Jesus and has given their life to Him, has the the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be baptized with power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in every Christian, the Bible says. So we can access the power that we're talking about, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. But it's up to you whether you stick with the screwdriver, the manual screwdriver, or you say, no, I'm, go I'm going to have the power. I'm going for it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to access the power. And, and much quicker, you actually achieve far more with the power than you do in your own strength. So why, as a Christian, would you take that instead of that? That would be crackers, right? That would be foolish. So let's stop struggling, church. Let's access the power that God has. Let's not just strive in our own strength, but let's take the power that God has given to each and every one of us. Every Christian has access to that power. This is the year, 2015, where I prophesy, where I encourage, where I speak into your life that this is not going to be about you and your strength. It's going to be about His strength. It's going to be about Him. And it's going to be about the power of the Holy Spirit that we're going to achieve far more together because of His, in His strength. Things can be intimidating when we look at the size of the challenge that we face, but in the power of God, it can absolutely come to pass. You can try your best, but with God's power, that's going to be different. God said to Zerubbabel, let's just call him Bubble. I mean, he's, 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 his mates probably called him Bubble, didn't they? I mean, they would have done. Let's just call him Bubble. And God said to Bubble, you're going to do it. You're going to achieve this, not in your strength. It's not about you getting the credit, mate. It's about me doing this through you. So that's what it says. Not even a mighty mountain will stand in your way. Pendle Hill, Darwin Hill, or whatever it is that you, you look like. And sometimes we look at those mountains and look like Everest in our minds. The, 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 the challenge is so huge. It's insurmountable. But God says that's going to be a flat plain. It's going to look like Lincolnshire or the Norfolk Broads or something. I'm going to flatten that out because that's not going to be uh, something that's going to stop you achieving what I've called you to do because it's in my power not in yours. When God calls us to do something, there's not a force on earth that can stop the power and the will of God through that person. That's quite a statement. When God calls you to do something, there's not a power or a force, a hill, a mountain, a massive cavern, nothing can stop you achieving what God's called you to do. So be encouraged, church, because that's what I believe God says to us. Now, the, I want you to use this building as an inspiration because that's an example of what I've just talked about, a massive challenge, but God has said it, so it's happened. But let's use it as an, an inspiration, but let's this really be about me and you now. Let's not be about bricks and mortar. Let's it be about us. Let's it about be our growth, our development, our becoming more like Jesus, our getting to the point that we really are beginning to be overcomers. We're going to be 
be conquerors, not conquered. We're not going to be overcome. We're going to be the people that have breakthrough. Let's make it be about us. And when we have the Scripture, let's apply it to our own lives. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. I want this message to be like Velcro. I want it to be Velcro preaching. It absolutely sticks to you, and you just kind of run with it. I think I've invented that term. I don't know if I have. But I want it to be like Velcro. This is going to stick to me this year. I'm going to run with this this year. In 2015, I am going to stop striving in my own strength. I'm not going to go back to default uh, setting and think, well, I can probably handle this challenge because I've handled it before and I did it in this way. And God says, no, that's not going to be the way to do it, guys. The way to do it is in my strength, in my power, by my spirit, says the Lord. The Word of God there, he goes on to say, when you set the final stone, the people will say, praise God, praise God. Isn't that wonderful that God sees the end, not just the beginning? He always sees the end, not just the beginning. We see the small start. We see the small thing, but with a small thing that make a big difference, God sees the absolute end. God sees the end of 2015 when you've read through the Bible. God sees the end of 2015 when your marriage is more healthy than it's ever been. God sees the end of 2015 when your relationship with your children is better than it's ever been. God sees the end of 2015 when you are stronger and more spiritually focused than you've ever been. It's not about the past. It's not about then. It's about now. It's about the application of saying, this is what God's saying to me now. This is what we're going to go to do today. This church gets stronger as we get stronger. This church will be bigger if we are bigger. That's what it's about. It's not about anything other than the growth and development in our relationship with God. It's not easy getting started. But Zerubbabel laid the first stone. You always have to put the first stone in, don't you, before you put the second. You know, in those days, the cornerstone, I mean, we don't, mostly don't particularly build like that. These days, it's, 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 it's a metal frame or it's a timber frame or whatever. But they put that first cornerstone in, and the capstone was the last bit that went in. God sees the capstone at the same time as he sees the cornerstone. You can only see the cornerstone of what you're going to do, but God sees the finish. He sees the process as well, because it's not magic. We go from this to, to that like that. No, it's a process in God's power and God's strength that we get there, but God sees the end from the beginning. It's not easy getting started. If you read the book of Ezra, which is parallel to this, this, this book, you'll see that when people visited the temple as it was the construction started, it actually said on more than one occasion that the people cried when they saw that's being started. Now, it's debatable why they cried. It could be, cry, uh, it could be tears of joy that, that something was happening. It possibly was also tears of, this looks a bit pathetic. This, this, it's 18 years. It's getting nowhere. It's never going to be finished. It could be all of those, it could be all of those things. Getting started is really difficult, but from small things, big things can happen. Have you ever felt like that? This is so big, and my attempts to get something started are a bit lame or a bit pathetic. Well, I want to encourage you this morning and say, not by 
power, not by might, but by His Spirit, get the thing started and see what God's... Start that first day of reading the Bible. Start that day of spending time with your family. Whatever it's going to look like, say, God, you're going to be my focus this year. I'm going to make a start today, 11th of January 2015. This is my, where I'm going to start. Because from small beginnings, great things can happen. You know, most things start small. We're proud to be a partner and associate with Community Solutions. Community Solutions feed by food, with a food bank hundreds of families every month, hundreds and hundreds of families, and do many other great things. But who can remember a few years ago how that started? Who could remember a few years ago when Glenn and Louise Fox stood on the platform in that other building and said, Let's start by bringing some, uh, some tins and some, some cereals and some different things. If we bring them in from that, we'll make up some food parcels and help a few families. That was a very small start. But, but it's easy to look back and say, look what God's done. Look what God's done. Because small is, is, is something. But you've got to get it started. You've got to get rolling with this. And you know, you think, well, these are the challenges in my life, but you've got to make a start, guys. We've got to make a start. I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to pray. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to get to church on Sunday. Well, congratulations. You've done it today. So we're going to do that because we're going to invest in things that really matter. We're going to get that started. Small beginnings. He actually says, in verse 10 there, Zechariah chapter 4, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. How good is that? Last week, I'm telling you, God delights in you, in your efforts, in everything about you, God delights in. Now I'm saying that God sees those small things that you do, those bits of acts of kindness, those, those attempts to start to make a difference in your life, those attempts to change someone else's life, whatever that is, God sees those small beginnings, and God rejoices in those small beginnings. Verse 10, don't, so don't despise them. You've got to put the first stone in place. You know, one of the challenges that we have is when we see, even in the Bible, we read about great men of God and great women of God in the Bible and think, that's amazing. You know, they were just so powerful. They, they did some incredible things. But like, they're kind of up there and I'm sort of down here somewhere. Don't be intimidated by that. Be inspired and by encouraged. You know, when we think of somebody like David, he's described as a man after God's own heart. The Bible tells us how he, he killed a giant and he killed the wild animals. and he, he, was, he was a powerful guy. He was the greatest king probably, uh, many would, would say, that ever lived. Incredible king, King David. But you know, he didn't he didn't start like that. He was faithful for many years in the fields looking after sheep. It's not very glamorous looking after sheep because however, however good you are looking after sheep, no one else sees what you're doing. You're just doing it. And you know, isn't most of life like that? Isn't most of serving God like that? No, it's, no one's seeing what you're doing. You're just getting on with it week by week by week, serving God in the best way you can. But David became the giant uh, killer. David was a man after God's own heart. He was faithful in small things, so God was able to trust him with big things. Also in the Old Testament, we look at the, the story of Ruth and Boaz, which is 
an incredible story, a, a romantic tale, I guess, and they ended up with an incredible marriage. And when you read through how that happened, it was about her faithfulness, Ruth's faithfulness, for many years serving in a small way, serving in the fields for years and years and years. But it was that faithfulness that opened the door for God's blessing. And that's a key, you know, guys. That's a key. If we are faithful in small things, it opens the door for God to bless us and to use us perhaps in something bigger. What was happening? She was learning to be faithful in those small things. It was the things that no one saw that resulted for her in the marriage that everyone wanted. Faithful, faithful, faithful. David, Ruth and Boaz. Daniel. Oh, Daniel, what an amazing guy. What incredible faith this guy had. Wouldn't it be amazing to stand in the lion's den? Well, I'd rather not have that experience. But to stand in the lion's den and not to be intimidated by the lions because he had faith that God was with him. But you know, if you read the whole story, you see that Daniel's habit was that three times a day he took time out and prayed. Three times a day he prayed. Three times a day he made it important focus that he would focus on God. And you know, do you think that was a coincidence that he had faith at the end of it? What would it be if we were able to make sure that we had some time, at least once in the day, that we focused on God and didn't just tell Him our challenges and our problems, but begin to thank Him, begin to delight in Him, to begin to worship Him, to begin to honor Him? Do you think that God would increase our faith? I'm absolutely convinced He would, as it did for Daniel. It's the things that no one sees that results in what everyone wants. Small things, little things. So through this series, we're going to focus on our thoughts, our words, and our habits, and see how small things can make an incredible difference. When you read through the Bible, you often see the phrase, one thing. And you see that how focus in a person's life made a massive difference. A couple of quick examples. This is what David said in Psalm 27. Verse 4, the one thing I want, the one thing I desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David's one thing, his focus, his desire was God's presence. Now, that is such a key thing. He's a giant killer, the guy who became the man after God's own heart. I actually believe if we could have a focus on God's presence not just to come together on a Sunday, which is important, but also through the week and say, well, I'm going to take some time out here. I'm going to bask in God's presence. I'm going to take some time out. I'm just going to get as close to God as I possibly can. Do you think that would make a difference? Do you think that you or I could be a person after God's own heart? Absolutely, if we spend the time with God and in His presence. Coming into the New Testament, you look at Paul in the New Testament, the greatest apostle of all time. Now, he's a guy who faced incredible persecution. He placed, opposi- he placed opposition at every turn. He could have said, look, you know, it's been tough for me. You won't, the week I've had, you would not believe it. I was, the people threw stones at me, left me for dead. I was shipwrecked. He, he could talk about the struggle and the persecution that he had. He could talk about his past life. He could talk about the challenges in his life. But no, this is what he said, Philippians 3.13. This one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining on towards what is ahead. Paul said, I'm not going to let the past 
determine my future. I'm not going to wallow in the challenges that I've had in life. I'm not going to tell everybody how tough it is for me. I'm not going to say, well, you know, if you had my life, you, this is what you'd think. He said, no, I'm forgetting all of that. I'm going to strain towards. So I'm encouraging you in 2015, let's forget the past. If that is a problem to you, if that's a challenge to you, if that's, that's dragging you back, it's bringing you down, let's strain, let's press towards in God's strength towards the future. When you focus on one thing, it's amazing what God can do. So I want this to be encouraged. Let's, what we're focusing on this year, what's your focus going to be? As we focus on God and make Him our one thing to serve Him, to honor Him, to bless Him. For Life Church, our one thing last year, our main challenge was to get into this building. That was a huge challenge. But it's incredible how God blessed us in so many other ways simply because I believe we were obedient to what God told us to do. It's quite simple following Jesus, I believe, in this respect, that if we do what He tells us to do and stop looking for other ways to impress Him, then God blesses that and opens all sorts of other possibilities to us. And thank God that He's faithful. Nothing's been able to stop. At times it looked like an insurmountable mountain. At times it looked like an impossible dream. But God said it, we trusted Him, we stuck with it, and that's why we're here today. That was our one thing. And it became a year like no other. In so many ways, God helped us and blessed us. It became an incredible year. 2014 will go down in a history, a hundred-year history of this church as a very, very significant year, a year like no other, because we obedient and took God at His word. But that was, that was last year. We're not going to live in that. We're going to live in now. We're going to go for the future. We're going to go for what God wants to do right now. We're going to believe big things for God right now. We're going to go with God and, and the vision right now. The musicians come back um, and help us right now. But in 2015, yeah, there are things we want to do with the building. And we'll talk about that in a few weeks' time. But, you know, that's not ever going to be the main thing. We're going to invest in people in 2015. And that's our real heart. I've talked about the Scripture about going from strength to strength. That's been a Scripture that's kind of dominated my thoughts over the last few weeks. And I believe that the strength in this house is going to help us to go forward from strength. We help people from strength. We reach other people from strength. You lift people who are struggling up from strength, not from weakness. So we're going to go from strength to strength in this year. Psalm 84, blessed are those who, whose strength is in you. They go from strength to strength. Investment starts with me. Investment starts with you. It's an individual responsibility to say, I'm going to invest in myself this year, and from that investment, I'll have something to draw from that I can invest in other people. If God's done something for you, you can help somebody with that situation. If God's blessed you, you can bless somebody else. If God's strengthened you, you're strong enough to help somebody that's weak. That's how it works from strength to strength. Investment starts with us. But, you know, it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power. It's going to be by His Spirit. It's not our own efforts, our own striving, our own struggle. It's going to be so much better than that. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.